The following announcement has been paid for by Wild Games Productions. This is Chad of Fear the Boot. This is Aaron Stack, tough bitch of Fear the Boot. And you are listening to Roll for Initiative. The only first edition AD&D podcast. You remember. Roll your stealth roll. Game books, pencils, pizza, cheese puffs, and a hell of a lot of dice. And the dragon woke up. Roll for Initiative. This is the Roll for Initiative podcast, where 1E is the place to be. Welcome back to the Roll for Initiative podcast. This is 2016, a brand new year. We're on volume five, issue 171. I'm sitting alongside Nick. Hey, happy new year, everybody. Happy new year. And host of the month, Sal. Hi, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> and I can't, apparently Sal has been drinking or something. He sounds a bit weird, but we'll just oh, go with it. He's been hitting that dwarven ale. <laughs> so I hope, uh, somewhere, <laughs> I hope you had a uh, good new year, Nick. Yeah, I did. Wonderful. Wonderful new year. And, um, yeah, looking forward to 2016 with a whole bunch of uh, new gaming. So. Yeah, new gaming. I mean, I started doing an actual pod play, podcast uh, last year, and that should be coming out real shortly. Uh, I just have to do some editing, and we'll get it up on iTunes for all those folks that really want to listen. I know a lot of people have been asking about that, and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I just, it's just taking a little time to get things done. I mean, I had to get a surgery done, and I was out for a little while, so I really couldn't make it up the stairs to get to the man loft. And uh, yeah, and do editing, but I'm fine, and everything's back to normal. Thank you for those that were concerned, and that gave me prayers and wishes, and yada yadas, and I appreciate it all, and I love you all, folks. And anyway, so um, and Vince would like to be called Caitlin from now. <laughs> it's like don't get all mushy on us, <laughs> but I'm glad you recover. I'm glad you're doing okay, Vince. Seriously, thank you. If we're all worried there, what the? Ah. <sighs> So anyway, my computer is Windows 10 now, and since, uh, yeah, I like no! no, no, no. Windows 10 is actually really good. I have my laptops, my all three of my computers on that here in the in the Wild Games Production Studios podcast headquarters here. All if you should see all the computers I have around me right now uh, for extra viewing and extra research while doing the show. Uh, I have them all on Windows 10. They all work without a flaw. I mean, it works so much better than Windows 7. I just can't figure out how to get rid of that stupid chime that keeps doing that every time somebody updates something. <laughs> I have to go through the sounds again. It's just some things are in weird places. I'll figure it out. I apologize for that sound, and uh, we'll just say that it was Sal farting. Fair enough. There we go. Sal, wow. how, Sal how was your so, New Year's? Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, rather quiet. But uh, for the most part, it's been very good. Um, new gaming stuff coming up, so I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to the new year being so much better than last year as far as gaming goes. Well, yeah, you're going to be doing hopefully a game real soon. Yep, yep. Yes, that will be. That is the plan. That is. Should we alert people what it might be, or we have a hint? Sure, sure. I'm, I'm cool with. Because it's going to be it's going to be an actual play podcast hosted yeah, by Sal. Maybe I figure maybe we could start it off. We'll do it. Start it off with a one shot, and then see how it goes. If people are into it, cool. If not, then we'll do something else. So it has to but involve being being you know host of the month and stuff. And... Yeah, that that too. And... Well, we'll bring it up with the committee, and we'll see if we keep you on for another month. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, you know. I'll, I'll I'll talk since I'm chairman of the board. I'll talk to the board. And... 
since you're the authority. We'll, yes, we'll I'm the authority, you. and you're just, you know, Sal. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're just a Heyman guy, so. Oh. Yeah, I, I went there. Anyway, yeah, so the, the podcast has to do with a game from the <clears throat> 80s and a cartoon with turtles. Yeah. We'll just say Big that. fan. I'm sure you're maybe ninjas too. Uh, could, well, they could be heroes in a half oh, shell. Maybe, maybe mutants, huh? In a half I, shell. Pre, yeah. So you guys are right. We'll be playing Robotech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you realize in the UK they called a teenage mutant? hero turtles because they couldn't use ninja and they cut it up big time because they thought <laughs> seriously they thought that the ninja was too violent and using they like they cut out all the scenes with a lot of sword fighting because they thought it was too violent considering oh. it, like leo with the swords was like a stormtrooper he hit nobody yeah <laughs> he never hit a person yeah Oh. It was always other things around that person he was attacking. Right, hey. pin, pin capes to the to the wall and trip people up and cut ropes, but never actually cut yeah. anyone. Because well, that's how Splinter taught him. If you even... but now here's the deal: back when that role playing game was in, oh yeah, that was that was in Eastman Laird black and white days. Yeah, they messed up a lot of people. And the oh, first edition, yeah. the first, well, first of all, it was based off the comics, not the cartoon, because I think it was right. out way before that's, the cartoon. Yeah, right, that cartoon correct. came yeah. it came for that because like they, the they yeah, yeah, they gentrified it and made it for for the kids. Yeah. So the but, the first edition of that book had all those wonky like psychosis in there. Yeah, I was, are we mm-hmm. going to get into this? Because I'll I'll get into this right now. I got I'll pull the gloves off. We will get into this right now because. I will go into some turtles right now. If we no, need no, 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 no turtles <laughs> right. right now. That's for a different time and a different podcast. <laughs> All right, I'm just saying, man. Don't you get me riled up with turtles? We'll go. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm so. Oh, I mean, uh... <laughs> you get me all kinds of crazy. Yeah. I will get crazy <laughs> on you. Anyway. You make me get crazy because you're a loser. I mean, Vince. <laughs> okay, okay, man. It's okay. Sal, you all right, man? A little fired up. Little fired up. Little fired up. He's 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 hitting on all eight cylinders and going into 2016, man. Just boom. Yeah, he's becoming Sal E again. <laughs> nobody wants that. No, nobody wants that. Either. Nobody. Uh, Not even your wife. <laughs> nobody wants that. Anyway, so let's get things rolling on the ball here. Uh, oh, actually, um, Nick, you wanted to talk about the stars real quick. Yeah, we actually just letting everybody know. Again, iTunes, you want to give a review for good or for ill, just go there, type in Roll for Initiative, and follow the links there, and you can give us a review. That is R-O-L-L-F-O. That's R-O-L-L for Initiative. Let's get the spelling right here. Seriously. Seriously. Indeed. And then, yeah, drop us a review. We're at actually at 201 starred reviews Ooh, I might yeah. say. we finally passed the 200 yes. mark yes and we have of those 174 are five stars yeah that's so, not bad thanks mom and dad and the rest <laughs> of the family well that's a big family Nick I do you know they they don't know what the hell I do on this podcast but they'll okay five stars that sounds good now, thank you, everybody, for giving us reviews. And it's actually helped us, you know, kind of guide us along, be, give us some ideas. And uh, so, again, thank you all for giving us those reviews there on iTunes. 
All right. So uh, let's head into our main topic of tonight, talking about uh, basically adventures in the elemental planes. Yes. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want, but are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Dear Rules. Alright, so, starting up this year, uh, we're going to look at, um, basically, adventures or campaigns into the what would be known as the inner planes and what we're going to be covering is essentially the four elemental planes you know air earth fire and water and maybe briefly touch upon the the para elemental and you have the quasi elemental planes and you have the positive and negative energy mm. but really the focus is going to be on the four primary elemental planes of existence and just to give everybody a basis of what we're going to uh, cover where our ideas are covering coming from we have you know the manual of planes by jeff grubb um there was also an article on dragon magazine that came out way way back in the day what was it issue 36 there vince uh i think 37 it was uh 37 it was called let me just pull that up right here on my ipod it mm -hmm. yeah you put me on the spot here for a second okay it was called <laughs> in one small step from the city of brass to the dead orc pass, dead orc pass. By yes Ed and Greenwood. i think that's what? Yeah. Ed Greenwood well, did that. I was going to say, I think that article, yeah, Ed Greenwood did that, and, and it also appeared in Best of Dragon Volume 2. Yeah. I do recall seeing that there. And real um, quick, it, it's basically the theory and uses of gates. How to get yes. from, from it basically, it's talking a lot about Michael Moorcock's Eternal Champions and his writing mm -hmm. style and how you could take AD and campaign, AD and D campaigns, use gate portals to get to different worlds different mm -hmm. planes like you know going from AD&D &D to uh give me another one oh crap i blanked to marvel well, actually to marvel for example they oh, yeah. use it a, a marvel x-men here or um what was the old west game i can't think of it to um uh, boot hill. hill yeah getting boot to boot hill, hill. Or gamma world gamma or like world. what we're going to cover here in a little bit later the uh, city of brass on the elemental plane of fire there you go so that's one thing that we're going to cover in the topics here is just a brief overview. We're going to talk about, you know, how do you prepare for a campaign either as a DM or as a player that's going to happen in maybe in the elemental planes? Like how do you, how does the adventure party prepare for that? Uh, we'll get into like particularly the druid because the high level druids have some really cool abilities that they could just, you know, plane walk. I mean, and that's what makes druids really cool, cool because they're just not just hippies that hang out in the woods. <laughs> also, um, we'll be covering um, some of the, I guess, I guess you want to call it the the physics of the elemental planes that is covered in the book of Manual of the Planes. Just briefly cover that. Some of the encounters that you might have there. Um, all And going into the specific planes, we're going to you know, talk about a little bit little bits on like some other of the uh, what I want to say the uh, maybe some magic how magic uh, is uh, affected in those planes and then we'll get into a specific setting that uh, you can use as a campaign setting and that's the city of brass is one example that's actually out there 
So that's kind of a brief overview of what we're going to be going over in this particular podcast this evening. Well, now now that you've heard everything we're doing, you can probably just go away if you don't. Yeah, we'll we'll talk to you later. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Oh, I was just saying, you know. I'm just teasing. Sorry. If if you want to prep for City of Brass, there's a couple things you're going to look at. And Mm -hmm. one of them is you're going to want to find online a new character, number one. (laughs) You yes. probably want to have backup characters just to just to yes. put that out there. Okay, yeah, backup characters for one. You're also going to want yes. to find because it's free on the internet by Rob Kuntz, uh, the city of into sorry to the city of brass. It was an AD and D module tournament module that never actually, never actually saw the light of day, and the Necromancer games during its little run in 2000, 2001, 2002 around there. Then when third edition came out, they reprinted it for people for free. And they added a couple little graphics and stuff to it. So you can get that. You just Google To the City of Brass by Robert J. Koontz, and you'll find it like a zillion links for it. Yeah. Um, I'll try to throw up a link on the show notes uh, because Matt's not here today to do our show yeah. notes stuff. That's one good resource. And if you want, you can Google, uh, let's see, Stories from a Thousand One Nights, the Harvard Classics 1909 to 14. Knights 566 to 578, the story of the city of brass. Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent. Um, probably about, let's see here, 10, yeah, a little over 15. No, okay, hold. okay, it's about 21 pages. It's about where the city of brass originated from, where they this classical writing here, a short story of basically how the city of brass came to be and what the real city of brass is compared to what we see in gaming today. So those are some things mm-hmm. you can take a look at. And there's also, there was two products that came out for city of brass. If you want to use them as a campaign setting one, yeah. uh, that I'll be kind of using as a resource when we get into like an actual campaign area in a elemental plane. There was one that was done by Kenzer and company. It's called the city of brass or Sir Robillard's city of brass by Jeff Knight and Rob Koontz. That was put out for a hack master for back. in I believe 2003. Yeah. And that's a pretty good resource. You, and if you want to use it for AD and D easily backward compatible. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he had another one by necromancer games. It was a, it was a, a box set called the city of brass. That was for D and D three point five. Yeah, and you could still get that on Drive Through RPG. Now I don't know what's the difference between the Hackmaster and the Necromancer Games ones. I'm sure they're similar in some respects, but um, either one great resource. So you could get at Drive Through RPG the Necromancer game one either a PDF. Uh, you can also get it soft car- cover, or you could get both. So. And it's uh, gotten some pretty good reviews. It looks like four and a half stars. So, and even though D and D three point five, you can still make it compatible for first edition AD and D. That's definitely not a problem. Any D and D edition, you can if you're an experienced enough player. There's like most people listening to this show. I mean, I know there's some people that aren't as experienced, and we're not bragging or anything that we are, but we are. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody can look at any edition of D&D and be like, oh, okay, this is what this is going to... Let me just find something that's close to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mix and match. It's your game. It doesn't have to be an official 100... I mean, Sal, we were talking about this before the show. When we were kids, we played a game. We were just like, meh, you know what? Just roll the dice, see what happens. Oh, percentiles? Okay, roll that. Yeah. Oh, that number? Mm -hmm. Eh, All right, close enough. Yep, and then it comes down to that whole... 
now that we're adults and we want to follow the rules. Like, for yeah. example, uh, you know, talking about the, the game I want to run, I have to re-go over those rules. I have to reread those and really get into them because now I can't just do, hey, okay, just roll the percentile dice, be done with it. It's got to, mm-hmm. we got to follow rules, especially if we're going to have players that we don't know. Yeah. You know, I can't tell them, hey, guys, just check it out. We're just going to do some, uh, we're just going to roll dice and basically role play because <laughs> you need rules now. But as a kid, yeah. we didn't need it. It wasn't. It was one Not of those really, things we, yeah. we just didn't need it, and it was fun for us to just do whatever. And that's we. That's the best part about taking any of this stuff and convert it back. Or there are people who do a lot of heavy drugs, and they like to take stuff from the first edition and go to three five and and further. So if you want yeah. to convert upwards for some weird reason, then you do that too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, the one by necromancer games here, for example. And I mean, what are we really talking about? It's really stat blocks for monsters. I mean, come Mm -hmm. on. That's all you're, that's all you're changing. The background, the, uh, maybe a little bit of the magic items you might have to tweak, but all in all, I mean, it's not that much to, to tweak out. And like I said, even with the Hackmaster version, it's just, you know, first edition on steroids. So all you do is take away the extra twenty hit point kicker and go to all the hip to all the monsters, and boom, you're good to go. Yep. So, so um, I guess kind of starting off here, I guess what you do to prepare, and I guess Vince, you were you were kind of going into that on one of the ways like you could get to a campaign like that. Now prepare is like find a gate to one of these places and how you can use that. There's plenty so, of modules written over the years from any edition. Well, I think, I wouldn't say basic. I don't think there's anything really in basic. I know Advanced had a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, second edition had a ton of them with the box sets that came out nonstop and shoved down our throats. Uh, yeah. And third edition had a bunch of them as well. I, I mean, I just put in Gate D&D and like a list of these modules came up and you could find tons of them for third edition because they were just sending out modules left and right. Fourth edition has a bunch of them, but I would tend to stay a little bit away from that because those rules are not really, they're more for miniatures than more than role playing. Yeah. I'm sure people will argue and say, I can't believe Vince said that. But anyway, I don't care what they say. <laughs> and fifth edition, I think is starting to touch upon planes of existence, such as Ravenloft and Spelljammer and things like that. Yep. Which I would love to see a new Spelljammer come out. Yeah, I wouldn't mm. mind it. I mean, I have the box set for Spelljammer. I played it a couple times. I really liked it a lot. Yeah. And most people would just think, hey, it's kind of lame. But, you know, I don't know. I it, like it's, it. it's individual tastes, so, you know, yep. whatever. But um, Just like Birthright. I love Birthright, but a lot of oh, people didn't like sucked. Birthright. <laughs> see? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, like I said, Spelljammer was one of the things also, as a when I was younger unappreciated because I didn't want somebody sci-fi in my fantasy. Yeah, and also what so was it? Um, now it can, now it's a little bit more appreciated because I yeah, understand. You're just, what, that's you know. true. The one box set I'm thinking about, uh oh yeah, the original D D, uh Hollow World box set. Mm. People There you go. Hated that game. Yeah. Like every time I was like, oh let's play Hollow World, people were like, yeah, and we play Hollow World. It's like why not? It's like monsters and you know you're trapped in the lost world and you're stupid. Like okay, no. Those are some of the funnest campaigns, or like Lost World campaigns with dinosaurs and giant apes and all that jazz. That's fun. Yeah. You don't want to put well, those stupid custom races in there. I'm like, all right, fine, never mind. 
And you know, anyway. honestly, I I had heat with Mistara when it came out because I was yeah. kind of like, oh, this seems kind of weak. But now I I look back at it and I'm like, all right, I, I you can pick and choose. We're back to that, you know, we're back to that because there were certain That's things right. that I did like. So you you you, you cherry pick what you want and make exactly. your game your own. And just because there's not a label on it that says Advanced Dungeons and Dragons First Edition. Doesn't mean you yeah. can't use it. I mean, you can't. Doesn't mean you can't go to your gaming shop and buy a fifth edition module, and not use it for your first edition game because you certainly yeah, can. Yeah, there's good ideas in there. Why not use it? Exactly. Just and that's, go through that's it. That's what I hope all these podcasts that no matter who does them or wherever they're from, especially from Wild Games Productions, um, anybody. I hope people take that from all the podcasts that come out. Make the game your own. Okay, just take it and make it something awesome just because it's not an official D and D book, just because it's not an official, um, you know, spell jammer or Mistara or hollow World. do what you want to do to make your game better. Make your game legendary that mm -hmm. nobody will ever forget your game. Legendary. Legendary. Just don't steal crap from world of Cinnabar. Please don't. <laughs> oh, um, sorry. No, okay. <laughs> I like Cinnabon. What? Cinnabon's nice. Cinnabon's delicious. Oh lord. <laughs> and derail. <laughs> so back to the city of brass. Yes. yes. Oh, back, that's right. We're in the to, city of brass. Yes. yes how, or at least to the elemental planes, how to get there and how to prepare for it. So, like, talking about gates. Yeah. Um, so you have to have things... a hook to get there. You just really can't yeah. just go there. So it's like I don't. Want, you can't just wake up one day and be like. You know what, guys? I think we should go to the elemental plane of fire. <laughs> there has to be an adventure hook. Exactly. That is compelling the, the adventure party to go there for for good or for ill. And I could give it an example of one I just had recently. Okay. Um, uh, we had my original Hackmaster group. Uh, my, my friend Adam came back here this month from Arizona, and we mm -hmm. got the the original characters back together. We got the band back together, man. And um, so I thought of an adventure hook to try to get them to the elemental plane of fire, particularly the city of brass. And well, my hook was that when they're originally going through against the giants, the last giant enclave is the fire giants, right? Uh -huh. So in the city of brass book by Hackmaster, the Grand Sultan is half fire giant, half Ifrit. And one of the, there's these different clans, and one of the clans that is prominent in the City of Brass is a fire giant clan. So I had a little backstory to where a lot of these fire giants are not actually originating to where they think they are. They're coming from the elemental plane of fire. They found some information that led them to that. So they've been sent. They, they've been sent by their uh, employer, if you will, to uh, or benefactor to find out who's doing this in the city of Brass and trying to stop them. So that was my adventure hook right there. So, yeah, there has to be a hook to get there besides just going to killing things and getting experience points. I mean, that goes without saying you're going to do that anyway. But, um, yeah, there has to be a good adventure hook for it. I, I, you know, maybe some sort of... You know, some sort of calamity has befallen a city. You know, it's maybe it's somehow completely frozen in ice, and um, the reason being is that has been there has been an opening to the para elemental plane of ice by some some wizard, and 
oh my god, I'm going into the show, show uh, the, the the movie Frozen, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, you are slowly. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. Nick, uh, okay, I'll just, just let, let it go. I'll just let it go. Let it go. Okay, I'll just let it go. Don't break right, into a it. song. Don't break into a song. <laughs> all right, all right, I won't. Right. No, I promise. No, no. I promise. No, no, no. But I mean, I mean, that is a way. I mean, you could do it. You could do it something like that. So yeah, you're right, Vince. You got to have some sort of hook to get there. Yeah. Now, once you get the hook, how do you get there? Yeah. You know, if you if there's no obvious way to get there from whatever's happening or what might not be happy, but you have to get to that place. And let me, one of let them me ask you guys is, a question. Mm -hmm. about, uh, since all these elementals, now you just brought up the ice elemental, okay? Yeah. You know, the yeah, plane the, of ice. Element, yeah, elemental plane of ice, yeah. Do you feel like people only use the elemental plane of fire? Like they feel that is the most brutal one? Um, I don't know. Um, possibly. Probably because it's got the, as far as gaming's concerned, it's got the most mystique around it because yeah, of the like, original. It just AMG seems like, cover. yeah, that's it. Just seems like the the elemental, well, the fire elemental, the plane of the plane of fire. Everybody yeah. else, like the other ones, kind of get shuffled off to the side. I, I, side, yeah. I think fire gets used a lot because people associate fire with demons, and they're like, "Well, you're gonna go through the plane of fire to get to to hell," oh, and hell. yeah, so that might be so, but. As I'll talk about later on in the oh, in the Hackmaster City of Brass, the other elemental planes get a little bit of a showing in there too. Hmm. So, so you get the you get the kind of bounce around there, and the, and it's all the reason why the special place where the City of Brass is located on the elemental plane of fire. But the kind of the go along with you know how you get there, you got gates. I like the other one is the. Um, and they have this in the uh, manual of the planes is those an elemental vortex or elemental I call it a nexus yeah it just sounds it just sounds cooler in my opinion but uh, basically a vortex or a, a nexus is a an intense area of that element that is is so intensified and so concentrated it actually opens a gate or uh, uh, there's an opening to that plane. Like they give a example, the elemental plane of fire is the heart of a volcano, uh, the center of a mountain chain for the elemental plane of earth, bottom of the sea for you know, water, or the, the eye of a typhoon or hurricane <laughs> for wow. the elemental plane of air. So those are, those are some potential ways to get there. And also you got magic items that I think the, what was it? The um, amulet of the planes, I believe, yeah. can mm -hmm. get you there. Also, there's a there's a well of many worlds. I think can do that too. Yeah, that, I believe uh, yeah. Uh -huh. the well of many worlds, and I'm certain artifacts and relics. I'm sure have well, druids can get there. Abilities, druids too, and yeah. that's where we get into the druids. How the high level druids can easily just plane walk to a particular elemental plane. Yeah. And I'm looking here in the Unearthed Arcana. Uh, they can at seven. What is it? I'm sorry. At the. Seven. It's like way up 18th, there. Yeah, it's like 17th or eight, 17th level. They can go to the elemental plane of Earth at will. Yeah. Then at 18th level, Jesus. fire. 19th, water. And 20th, air. The only time they become 20th, useful. Yeah. I was going to say, otherwise, nobody ever plays them. 
yeah, but that's well. And you, I got a whole get, thing about druids. I have a whole new respect for druids now. And, I always, uh, I did when uh, you know when they started not being those crappy hippies who couldn't use yeah. metal. You want to you want to play a kick-ass character, half elf druid mag- magic user. Seriously, you're you're gonna rock everybody's world. Twenty huh. first <laughs> level, you get to go to any para elemental plane. Yeah, but don't forget, with druids yeah. getting to those levels is almost kind of like really almost impossible. Yeah, yeah, because you have to defeat the other druid to become that druid, and it's just stupid. that's right. You know what that is, man? That's straight up Thunderdome. That's Dark Jedi stuff right it's, there. It's Sith. It is, it's sort of. It's the Legends of the Sith right there. That's, yeah, it almost is. Scythian. Yeah. Did Lucas steal? Back in the day, it sounded like they were going into Thunderdome. Two men enter, one man's leaves. So, <laughs> it sounds like Lucas just, robbed off. Yes. Robbed Imagine Kinex. that. Imagine you find out on Lucas's deathbed, he's like, uh, "I used to really love Gygax. Me and Gygax used to hang out, and he started telling me all this stuff. So I just stole it. I just stole all of it." Oh my God, explain <laughs> the Wanda Force. I met him at Caltech University, and he was giving a hey, speech. Hey, Wanda Force is basically a lightsaber, so. <laughs> It is. So. That would be absolutely amazing. So, uh, <laughs> and everybody's mind blew. Um, so, yeah, that's several ways of going to those inner planes. And then you got to survive them. <laughs> How do you survive a complete plane made of fire or water or earth? Well, that goes with your preparation before then. You're going to have to find certain spells, magic items to help you survive in that environment. And, and not just for your own physical body but what about all the stuff that you're carrying i mean is it going to survive going uh, there depends all depends how much of a jerk your dm is i guess yeah so, that's that just sounds like your dm is just going to be a, a dick and just all your yeah, stuff you yeah. lose it you know so yeah but if yeah, you're that hot if you're that high your I, it's high. not going to matter yeah yeah so the, they, they get into on the manual of the planes i'll Breathing, time, gravity, all that, all the particulars about that. If you really want to incorporate that stuff into your campaign, I kind of just, I kind of leave that to the wayside because it's just way too much for me as a DM to track. You know, I just figure if you find some sort of magic item or some spell that you can continue that'll protect you and your, and everything on your person, then you're good to go. So, or something that provides, you know, like a, you know, a, water breathing if you're going to elemental plane of water or something like that and they go into the movement and one of the things i like is the encounters and one of the things they talk about is the animentals <laughs> which is basically like like a badger oh. you could be on the elemental plane of fire and have like a fire version of a badger something mm-hmm. like that or elemental monsters maybe you have a you know there's a water version of an orc i don't know water orcs or uh you know uh the uh what else is a good one the cattle bleepus maybe there's an earth version of the cattle bleepus you know something like that so you can have just like stuff out of the monster manual monster manual too but just composed of that element maybe and as a dm you kind of tweak it out of that that monster to reflect that for example maybe that you know a, a fire elemental kobold is actually has a little bit of a fire attack or he you get in a certain radius of that kobold that fire kobold and 
you take 1d4 points of damage when, when, when you're within like 5 feet of the thing. Something like that. Or something that's made of earth. Maybe they get an additional um, bonus to their attack, to their physical attack. Maybe they get a better armor class. Because they're more of like rock, possibly stone. <laughs> so, nobody got that. Rock. Uh, just right over. That's one of the most powerful spells ever. Stone the rock, and then the reverse one. Rock the stone. Come on, man. Anywho, I, I, there was a there was a whole other avenue I was going to go down, but then decided not to. No. Yeah. Fine. And <laughs> um, well, I guess also they have in the uh, the manual of the planes where in the inner planes somehow the um how magic reacts and how and how as a dm and a player you got to be careful about what magic that you use yeah and also um there might be some uh, added effects it might heightened like for a fireball spell on the elemental play of fire uh for example might actually technically do more damage because it's maybe that magic if you want to play it that way is tied to that plane but if you attack somebody with a fireball and elemental plane, fire is not going to really do anything to them, like we had in our last game. <laughs> someone, someone playing a magic user, <laughs> they get to the city of brass. They're being attacked by, um, they're being attacked by. Uh, I think they were being attacked by a couple of fire giants on the way there, and he says, "I'm going to use fireball." I'm like, "What? <laughs> okay, go ahead." So. Yeah, there are some spells, and they go into the uh, into the uh, in this book about how some of the spells can be augmented, or there can be different variations of spells. Um, for example, <clears throat> there's the cleric spell reverse fi uh, resist fire. Maybe you can tweak it out to become like resist element, so it can be resist you know air or earth. Uh, re resist ice, so you can tweak that out just to resist a particular element. Um, they also have animal summoning spells in the inner planes. Mm -hmm. They can be tweaked out. They'll summon the animentals, for for example. It sounds like a transformer. I, just, I was gonna say, I, I you know, I was just yeah. gonna say, I'm like, that's like those transformers. <laughs> oh, the 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 lame asylum edition transmorphers. No, no. Oh, that was come on. That was amazing. The uh, no, the uh, really? the. the the primate, the uh, Beast Wars. Oh gosh! Yeah, like it was like that uh, that poor take on the Transformers with the the, the animals. They only turned Beast into Wars? animals and not Beast cars. Wars. Beast Wars. Yeah, yeah, terrible. Hmm. <laughs> well, way yeah. to go, Nick! Way to make Sorry. us all hate Transformers all over again. Well, yeah, yeah. hey, Michael Bay already did that for you. Well, fair enough. So. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, there's a really there's several about three or four pages in there about uh, what certain spells can or cannot do, how many they might be augmented or modified, <clears throat> and then they go a little bit on the player characters how they might be the classes might work differently in the elemental planes. Clerics and druids might have a little bit of uh, changes. I found this interesting. Thieves when they're when they're they retain their natural abil their their abilities, but against a native of the plane, they suffer a minus twenty percent minus fire to their attempts. Hmm. So I'm um, don't know why, but that's built into it. 
uh, rangers, they lose their advantage of uh, avoiding surprise, but they can retain their three and six chances surprising others. So, do magic users lose their spell weave tap or what? What? I spell weave. Yeah, well, I always associate because of friggin' Forgotten Realms has me burned into my mind. But every uh, magic user taps into the spell weave when they go to cast spells, and I always felt when they go to different planes that connection might be altered somewhat. I I guess if you're playing in Forgotten Realms, possibly that that would I would probably use that if I was using that as my campaign setting. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Go ahead. Um, also, the cleric's torn <clears throat> dead ability uh, might be changed depending if you go to the negative and positive material planes. Obviously, so yeah. Wow. Um, and they have some more rules explanations there. Um. So so they those are like the basically the like the physics of all the different elemental planes. So. And then it goes into the actual four different elemental planes in the book. And, and one of the things I thought was rather interesting is, like, for the elemental, for the different elemental planes, they talk about, like, different pockets. Uh, like, in the elemental plane of air, they might have a pocket of the elemental plane of earth there, or an elemental plane of ice kind of floating there. So, um, depending, I guess, if you want to look at it, where where you are on that elemental plane in its quote-unquote proximity to another one, the that other plane might poke through the 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 uh, that other elemental plane. Like the elemental plane of ice might have a little pocket that might poke through that elemental plane of earth, or or even fire, for example. So you have you have all those different little uh, pockets of the other elemental planes. I thought that was kind of neat. So you might run into those. Um, so you have that and they also have specific creature encounters that that you might have on those particular planes what are their top what are like the top three creature encounters oh the top three mm -hmm. my goodness uh um surprisingly on the elemental plane of air is a type one demon what uh well you have genies right right uh and I think one that you're gonna go over the acromentals yeah Yep. You're going to go over it. And, well, they have, I guess they have, it goes under what the section they call features of that plane, the features of the elemental plane of air. And that goes into like some of the, the I guess, the most common inhabitants. You have, on the on the elemental plane of air, you have uh, <clears throat> the the actual air, air elementals themselves. You have the Dijin. Mm -hmm. You have uh, Akadi. Which is, I guess, is the queen of free-willed elemental creatures, air elemental huh. creatures. You have Bahamut. Okay. You know the the, uh, the the king and god of all the good dragons. He mm -hmm. inhabits the elemental plane of air. And you have what these things are called hooks and bubbles. And these are manifestations of spell casting from the prime material plane to the elemental planes. And I guess it, one of them, a hook. It's a great spear or grappling hook or hanging in midair, glowing blue, green, or golden yellow. And this is what they call, this is the business end of a conjuration summoning spell directed at the elemental plane by a prime material magic user casting it. It's trying to conjure an elemental, and that's the representation in that plane. Basically, like, you hooked onto an air elemental, and that's the hook. 
So it's basically a big fish hook. Yeah, basically a giant fish hook or grappling hook, yeah. Hmm. And it does say in here, should a non-native traveler touch a summoning hook, he must roll a saving throw versus spell. And rolling above the saving throw number means the traveler is unaffected. Or rolling below it means the traveler is catapulted to the deep ethereal as if swallowed up by an ether cyclone. So touching those is bad. <laughs> hmm. You see a big hook like floating there in the elemental plane of air. Well, you Don't have touch to touch it. it at that point. Yeah, well, you can tell somebody not to touch it. You know, don't touch the big red button. What do they do? <laughs> well, you have to. Yeah, they, yeah you got to touch it. And uh, they, there's the other one's called the a bubble, and that is a silvery spear. They can range from one to nine inches in diameter, and this is a this is the elemental plane end of a prime material contact other plane spell. Hmm. So they have those. Well, because I was, I was wondering, I'm, I was figuring, like, okay, what exactly, when you go out there, you obviously have to be uber levels to get to the city. Oh, yeah. Um, right. So now, from what you just mentioned, basically, high-level monsters and then a named NPC. Yeah, of course. No, so, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. you're, you're basically talking epic-level characters. This isn't obviously for your eighth level druid right. to go check out you know this isn't right. for uh, oh i need a flaming sword of fire i'm going to send my sixth level guy you know you know that's yeah that's not Every, who this is for. I, yeah i would assume that you're talking about characters that have reached name level you know yeah. they've reached at least the minimum name level of their class and and beyond so yeah, that that's absolutely true. What you're saying this isn't like for your first or third level characters. <laughs> They're well, like, probably not going to survive very long. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I found that it's it's kind of like uh, sometimes people start getting a little nervous if they start they start hearing a great idea like the city of brass. If you start just the overall feel of this is a cool mm -hmm. thing. Right, They're just mm -hmm. talking about the city of brass. You're like, okay, awesome. The elemental plane of fire. This mm -hmm. is where the djinns and the and the genies they all come from. And this could be, oh, this could be amazing. We have to go in and get something from a, you know, from a, a temple in the middle of the city of fire. So now they want to do this, but they just started their game. Their guys are fourth, fifth level. Yeah. So the best thing you could do. You bring in little elements. Don't mm -hmm. throw. Don't throw your poor guys. Don't throw your players in the city of brass <sighs> at no. fourth level. No. Don't give them the gate at fifth level. You know. Don't don't do it to them. Take stuff from it. You know. Maybe give them a map. You know. Mm -hmm. Maybe give them give them a scroll. Give them a book explaining the city of brass. Like let give them something to work towards. Right. Maybe, forward, maybe their first major adventure is just where they're at right now, but they have to defeat some sort of a freak that has come over from the elemental plane of fire. Right. And or, you know, like he's leading, like he's creating like fire elementals and maybe he's leading fire giants and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and that's your hook to maybe leading up to other things, you know, exactly. Like that. That's, that's exactly what, you know, I feel like that. Cause sometimes, sometimes when I'm listening to, if I'm listening personally, I'm listening to a podcast and they're like, okay, we're going to talk about, uh, Tiamat and Bahamut and we're going to talk about all the named dragons. Okay. So mm -hmm. now you're like, oh man, this is awesome. And you're still running your first and second level campaign. 
You know, these guys have just come out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And but you really, really want to bring this idea to them because it's a great idea. And the, the NPCs are awesome or the magic items are awesome. You know, and it's just as you don't have to discount it. You don't have to just ignore it and say, well, my guys are too low level. Screw this. And no, then just, you... yeah, you, you got to kind of start calling it. And again, we're yeah. going back to that. Make it your own. Make mm-hmm. it fit. Make that and that's, fit. And I guess you kind of look at something like City of Brass maybe as the to the culmination of a of a long term campaign. Mm-hmm. You know? So or, and like like you're saying there, Sal, it's like you start off with bits and pieces like at the very beginning. This is where it's going to lead up. Like any good story arc, you know, you're not going to have you're not going to give it all away in the first act. Right. You're going to have little bits and pieces along the way for the player characters to pick up as they gain in strengths and abilities and experience points. And uh, eventually they will come to what you want them to uh, encounter at the very end. So, yeah, any good DM will do that. So, yeah, yeah don't anybody discount what we're talking about. This, even if you got a, if you're starting on a campaign, Hopefully this will give you a great idea how to create a whole giant story arc leading up to this. So, yep. so that'd be really, and I guess, you know, I guess just let's kind of go into that. I suppose if everybody is okay, let's talk about city of brass. So if everybody's cool with that, I can oh, get into right. the, the one book I have. Sure. So, um, yeah, the one book I'm talking about is the Sir Robillard's city of brass. And it was for half, Hackmaster by Kenzer and Company. Um, unfortunately, it's kind of hard to find right now. It's yeah. kind of hard to come by. You might be able to find it on on Amazon or on eBay, um, or if you if you do some hunting on the web, I'm sure somebody might, might have a copy to to buy. But I really love this campaign setting. Again, this is something where this is a culmination to a, a longer running campaign that you want to do. I mean. You want to have, you know, name level characters or, you know, at least around eighth to tenth level before you start really getting into something like this. And it's to give just a basic overview of the City of Brass, how it's written. The City of Brass on the elemental plane of fire is in a unique, in lack of a better term, geographic position on the City of Brass. Think of the think of the City of Brass as like being on the shores of on the shoreline and between the elemental other elemental planes. That's why it's so important. It touches on all the other elemental planes of one form or another. And it's become a center of, of trade and commerce for other elemental planes. And also some of the, um, the other outer planes. And there's a, uh, there's a really good map where they talk about, a larger map of the where the city of brass is in relation to everything around the elemental plane of fire, and this is probably the only place where you can, as far as the elemental plane of fire, where you if you're coming from the prime material plane that you can survive, because everything else is just you know, you know, fire and brimstone and everything. So that's the landing point, basically. Basically, yeah, this is the landing point. This is the most hospitable place. This area several hundreds of square miles that's around the city of brass because they say the ambient temperature 
the average temperature around in this area is 104 degrees Fahrenheit. So, and that's what's considered tolerable. But <laughs> so, is, it, is it a dry heat? <laughs> it's, it definitely is, surprisingly so. <laughs> um, and they do get into how the city of brass is on, it's on this large brass disc that is like rotates around a 40 mile diameter brass disc where the city of brass is on. Hmm. Um, and there is the geography around it is very interesting. You actually you remember those elemental pockets I was telling you about before mm -hmm. you have those here or in the, uh, in the landscape around the elemental pl plane of fire where the city of brass is, for example, there's a, there's a huge uh, rock formation that is a connection to the realm, elemental plane of earth. There's a, a connection to the realm of air. And there's also one to the elemental plane of ice, believe it or not. There was, in the history of this, there was what was known as the Great War. There was a incursion from the elemental plane of ice by um, a... Uh, ice version of a Nairid. You know, the Nairids are like from the elemental plane of water, but this one, he's like, he's a Nairid, but he's he's an ice version of that, and he led an army from the elemental plane of ice to try to capture the city of brass and take it for himself. And there was this great war that was ensued, and even to this day, there is still a, a huge spire of ice several miles across called the citadel of ice and it's surrounded by what is known as the tower of vapors and the veiled lands and that's part of the geography of this place so even going here it's not just all just uh going to the city of brass there's other places you can adventure here particularly that <laughs> when you're in your adventuring party comes here and then they see this huge column of of uh, vapor and, and mist and everything, and they're going, what's that? That's actually part of the elemental plane of ice kind of jutting into the elemental plane of fire. And there are ice elementals, and um, there are frost giants over in there too. And I don't know why, but I keep thinking, I'm going back to uh, like Planescape and going to the... Uh like the wars between between the demons and everything. And it's just like, I keep thinking uh, about that, like yeah. between the ice and the fire, you always, yeah, and then you have that one dopey little love story where the Prince of fire <laughs> and the princess of ice are all, you know, I just, it mm -hmm. just keeps bringing me back to that because it's like, it seems to be like the easiest thing to do to your players, you know, just kind of mm -hmm. give them that, give them that dilemma to deal with. And then you have to keep traveling between the two. So, okay, yeah. So they um, and the, also in the book they go into the the social, religious, and political structure of the city of Brass, and they give a breakdown. There's different actually. There is a hierarchy of a free, a freed are or a freedy for the plural term. They're lawful evil. They have strict hierarchy in their city, and there are what's known as noble of free, and you have. Um, the we have high noble, low noble, merchants, irregular, or common, or or lowborn. Now, according to to the book, you can do this however you like. But 
the ones that you summon or come from a ring of Afridi or what have you, those are your high noble Afridi, and they have all magical powers of all the Afridi. And then there's low noble born, and they have a little less magical power. And then you have the merchant class. You have the irregulars, which are basically your city of brass, military, and police, and your common or low born. And they break it down to uh, who has as much magical power. And the high, the, obviously the high noble of free have all the magical powers of all other of your full of free that you see in the monster manual. And it kind of goes down from there. And it goes into the religion. And there's a very strange religion in this city of brass called the blood cult. And it's actually led by humans. The uh, going into the backstory of this, there was a overthrow of the original sultan of, of the city of brass by, um, by his son, his half-born son, who's half Ifrit, half fire giant, and one of the and one of the uh, just think about that, that dirty night. Ugh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, he has the backing of fire giants, but also this. Um, Humans helped him out in, in overthrowing his father, and their their cult called the blood the, the blood cult. They worship some sort of entity that, that's supposed to be the personification of the of the elemental plane. It's and then you get a little bit more into the book of what they're actually are. Their priests aren't actually priests. They're more like they're just magic users. Uh, whatever this primordial fire thing that they worship doesn't really grant them um, the powers of clerics, but um, the uh, the blood cult when they were created and they helped out the uh, the half blood prince you might want to call him that. Oh. Sorry, Harry Potter reference, but well, he has a half blood technically, you know, half fire giant, half half Efreet. He gave them. Um, I guess you call it immunity. There's something called the uh, the compact that whenever you go to the city of brass, any humans or extensions to demi humans, either elves, dwarves, and what have you, you have to swear loyalty to the compact, and then you can go into the city. Once you get into the city, you have you sign yourself into a book, and they log the time, and you have 24 hours to get two nobles two noble houses to to um i want to say to uh, not support you but uh what's the t term i'm looking for back you like you can the do back the, uh, you. yeah they, they, you, uh, they, they sanction you i have to second in yeah they officially sanction <laughs> you that you can come into the city of brass and actually that's where my campaign that's where my party is right now they're trying to find somebody to sponsor them so so that's that's um about how you get into the city uh, and they can also get into the different clans how wow you, how can, they all... you can obviously read that part if you, yeah. want, if you get the book yeah. we don't need to go into every little detail no. of the book but no it's just like there's the different clans the different cults um uh there's really good uh breakdown of the different races that might be there including trolls there's a new monster called fire troll and they talk about well, the different just, classes. Wait, how is that? Yes. Wait, fire yeah, troll? That'll, that'll just screw over any power gamer. Yeah, <gasps> yeah. There's a fire troll. That doesn't really... Meh. Yeah. Okay. You want to mess, mess with a gamer? 
Oh, trolls use firearm. Nope, not these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a fire troll. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also uh, what are known as dark gnolls uh, that have been bred here at the city of Brass on the elemental plane of fire. You're more more heavy, badass versions of re- regular gnolls. No, okay, now, not for nothing, gnolls are awesome as they are. Gnolls. Yeah. I'm a big fan of gnolls. Gnolls. And, yeah, uh, I, I love them. Yeah. So, like... I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> So what's so badassery about him? Yeah, like what, what, what? Aside from you know, they obviously are, are they still not like the minions of the Bargash and all that other kind of stuff? Or oh, oh no, no. Well, they're chaotic evil. They have six hit dice, so a little okay. more powerful than that. Uh, they suffer one left point of damage per die for fire, fire or heat. They're immune to okay. heat exhaustion. <laughs> um, they have their own, you know, shamans. Uh, they have <laughs> so basically Sayings? a little more hit dice. yeah shamans um shamans yeah, a little more hit dice they don't take as much as not shamans oh sorry say hamans no shamans. not hamans shamans I should say shamans oh okay they also have one called the hunter knoll which is like the dark knolls and set they're more like a uh, assassin they go out on their own and they they do assassinations for the uh, city of brass, and you also so now, have half trolls. So as the, well. the city of brass deal. Now they got their whole. They're like a. Uh, it's not like an evil place, or is most most of the denizens chaotic, neutral, lawful evil? Right. I mean, yeah. Overall, the city of brass. They're they're free and they're lawful evil. Yes, they have a law structure, but it's, you know, lawful evil is like might makes right. You're in that right. social structure, and that's where you are. Um, but other denizens from other planes can come here and they're not uncommon to be seen. Um, there's an uneasy truce between the Afrit and the Dijin. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, uh, if I can find some of that, the, uh, there is a, <laughs> there's somewhat of a ceasefire between the, uh, the Mayrid and the, and the Afrit. Because of the Great War that happened, and I—I I don't know if I can pronounce this right, but the ones from the Elemental Plane of Earth, the Dao, D-A-O, Dao, which yeah. are like, you know, the, the uh, Dao, I guess you might want to call them. Then they're pretty much neutral, but uh, but they do have financial dealings in the City of Brass. But you can also find demons, devils over here, um, which is not uncommon. In the city of brass, um, salamanders, which are come from the elemental plane of fire, they go into is like they don't like to be in the city of brass. They think it's too cold there. They tend to hang out in the real far, far reaches of the elemental plane of fire. So, and there and there's all the different parts of the city. There's broken up into different districts, and now they're very rather uh, detailed in in that effect. Uh, there's actually a human quarter of the city, which is like a, a the middle class. So there, and that's primarily humans and some fire giants that go over there. There's a lot of good adventure hooks once you get into this that uh, can lead to other things if you really want to get into the politics of this thing, particularly in the different um, houses or clans, how they all interact, and you can really mess with the political structure of the of the city. 
So there's, well, now, talks- that's what I that's what I wanted to know. Um, mm-hmm. That the big political structure of the, the whole city. Um, yeah. That is that something that any okay? If you show up to the to the city of Brass, mm-hmm. okay, can a player approach this place, or are they just immediately going to be killed? Sort of deal. No, they can't approach this place as long as when they get to the gates, um, they are asked, "Do you wish to?" Uh, to write in to be part of the uh, the human compact, and that means as a human or a humanoid, as long as it gets sponsoring within 24 hours of you get in the city, you can come in and out of the city. You're given a special mark that's generally upon your body, either on a shoulder or on your forehead, and you can travel about the city of Brass freely as long as you don't break any laws. Okay. So, yeah, it's not like you get to the city of Brass and you're free to see you and they, like, go out and slay you. Oh, no. Because yeah. they're all about, like, how much can we get from these people? <laughs> so, if they kind of figure, well, they're probably, uh, they're, they probably got a pretty good magic amongst themselves. Well, we might want to trade with them. So, yeah, if, as long as you, you swear that you will not break the compact and you sign in that book, and you get your sponsorship, you're good to go. So, yeah, there's no real, unless you actually try to break into the city, <laughs> you know. Um, and there are ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And if you're caught, because then they can always refer yeah. back to that book. If your name's not in the book, you're in big trouble. You're probably going to be sent to the mines with the fire trolls for the rest of your days. But, um, yeah, there's the different... There's the different clans like you're talking about. Um, you also have the different districts that have been broken down, very detailed. Um, and then it goes into some adventure hooks and some side missions that you can do while in the City of Brass. And I also talked about like the different... Here's the... And the, my mo- one of the most favorite things out of the book that I saw was the random encounter tables. <laughs> And in the random encounter tables, like general encounters, you might uh, encounter a demon or a a devil, uh, fire trolls, um, some fire giant commoners, just for example. And what are known as random elemental phenomenon. This blew my players' minds big time. In the elemental plane of fire, particularly the city of Brass, because there's so much magic going on in one form or another, there's sometimes are backlashes of the elemental plane itself. And these manifest in various different ways. Uh, could be, and you roll randomly for it, it could be a flame storm. It could be a sulfuric geyser. You could walking down the street and all of a sudden this geyser of sulfur just spews up from the ground. Uh, acidic clouds, lava sprays, um, a small meteor shower, <laughs> just to name a few, uh, a lightning strike, or my favorite, which I rolled on, an elemental extrusion. And what that is, is very nasty. It is basically a massive, massive uh, fire elemental. And it's just ginormous size. It does like, I don't know, six to 60 points of damage when it attacks you. Nice. It's 
got tw- so, 200, 200 to 400 hit points. So it's basically a giant <laughs> fire kaiju. Basically, yeah. Yeah, it's a big fire, it's a fire kaiju. That's yeah. actually, that's aptly put. Right, <laughs> it's well, a fire kaiju. And they encountered one of those. And surprisingly, they kicked its ass. But anyway, um, so yeah, they have all those different random encounter tables. They also have a breakdown of new monsters in here. And one of them I talked about was the, you know, the fire trolls. They also have the dark gnolls. Uh, you have blood knights, which are a part of the blood cult. Um, you also have what are known as the wailing Efridi or the screaming Efridi. They're part of a clan. They're basically Efridi berserkers. Hmm. They can go into berserker rage, and you don't want to run into those guys on a bad day. So they have that, and also new magic items, uh, new potions, um, just to kind of, and uh, also a new class for Hackmaster known as the, the realm, uh, the realm channel. The realm channel. Oh, all right. Well, is that like the spice channel for dirty Afridis? Not quite. And does? Well, I guess so. If it's a, if you're in the fire, sure. And does? I want to. Yeah. <laughs> No, go on. And uh, they also <laughs> a nice little added touch. They added some of the like some of the flora and fauna of the city of Brass and around there, like different types of plants and small animals that you kind of like spice up the area. You know what they're looking at, like uh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's very detailed. <laughs> a little color and, commentary there. Yeah, a little, like a it's a hundred twenty six pages roughly. It's a very good book, highly detailed, and even. And the stuff that they have for the different um, districts of the city, they only highlight on just a few things. There are so many other buildings in the city of Brass that are not even indexed. So it gives you some ideas, and you can, as a DM, just have a ball filling it out. (laughs) Or two. Or three. And one of my favorite things, there are gladiatorial arenas in this place. And that's where my player characters are now. <laughs> Glad oh, so you're, you're actually that. running this at this point. Yes, I am. For my friend who came here, we got uh, for um, for a brief stint here. He came back for a few weeks. He's doing some training for his job, mm-hmm. uh, and his his company flew him back out here. And we got <clears> the original <throat> party for uh, original campaign for Hackmaster back together. All their original characters. And they're such high level. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do for these guys? I'm like, I got it. City of Brass. Boom. There we go. So they they eventually found themselves in gladiatorial combat because they had to find a sponsor for them, though, for themselves. They already had one, but they need a second noble sponsor. And like, while they're in the going into the, the gladiator, the gladiatorial combat in the arena, they might find noble sponsors there in the um, – in the crowd for them. So oh. that's what they're doing right now. And speaking of sponsors, we'll be right back after this. G.I. <laughs> Joe will return after these messages. This podcast is brought to you in part by a not very generous grant from Lesser Gnome, publisher of quality role-playing games since last year. Gnomes value high-minded programming just like you. Learn more at their website www.lessergnome.com. Are you enjoying the show you're listening to right now? Want to help support the show? Why not head over to the Patreon site, patreon.com slash WGP. That's patreon.com slash WGP. And help support the network for as little as $1.50 a month. 
That's right, a dollar fifty a month goes a long way. Thank you. Now back to GI Joe. Oh, and we're back, I assume, right? We're back now from our sponsor, Sal. Thank you. Terrific. Well, I, you know what? There was I didn't see the light. The, the light didn't go off. And that's what uh, I was ready for. It's in your mind. Fair enough. Speaking of light, Nick, uh, you were yes. saying how you, you're running this for your players. Um, mm -hmm. You dragged them into the city of brass, and now they're you know they're looking for sponsors and all those things. Mm -hmm. In looking up some of these creatures, uh, I was looking up some elementals, and my original thought was I'm going to take a look between elementals from first edition and then the other editions and see if there are any major glaring differences aside from the, the game edition mechanics. Sure. And okay. honestly, there really haven't been. You know, they, they, they go into, you know, each one goes into the different things. But what, what caught me were things called the Archimentals. Mm -hmm. which are not like the animentals. Um, it's just another kind of uh, a witty play on words. And I don't know if you're running them, if you're having your guys meet these. Um, they break down into some of the three categories, the good archimentals, the evil mm -hmm. archimentals, and then the neutral or the undecided archimentals. Um, mm -hmm. And it started out back in the Fiend Folio. They used them, they, they called them the prince and the princesses. Um, yeah, elemental princes of evil or whatever they are. Right. Now, the thing was, uh, back in the day, for anybody who doesn't know what an Archimental is. Um, I do. Do you not? No. Let me tell you what they are. Thank Archimentals, you. Uh, basically, they consider themselves the leaders of all of the other elementals. Mm -hmm. They're not official, though. You know, it's not like they sat down and said, okay, these are the guys in charge. They put themselves into that position. Mm -hmm. Um. So they give themselves the name of prince and princesses and, you know, stuff like that. So they've, they've put themselves in those positions. And starting off for the good Archimentals, you have the water creature, the prince of the good water creatures, who is Ben-Hadar, okay, which kind of gives it off that, gives that regal name. Mm -hmm. He kind of, yeah, he, he seems like he could, you could probably talk to him. Chan, the princess of good air creatures, okay. Entemuch and Sunus were the prince and princesses of good earth creatures, and Zaman Rule, who is the prince of good fire creatures. Okay. Huh. Right. So now and that was that was going back to my question earlier, it just seems like you put your players there, they're just screwed. When they walk in, they're dead. Mm-hmm. And to note and notice how all the you know, they all the good guys are the earth and the airs and the waters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the evil guys are the fires. It's, it's kind of weird the way that works out. Mm -hmm. But then we go down to the evil Archimentals, and you have Cryonax. He is mm -hmm. the... Now, here's, here's where it gets a little different. He's the prince of evil cold creatures. Not just ice. Cold is also the element. Right. Um, which makes me wonder, and I had asked Vince earlier in the week, as a DM, Nick, you're a DM, would you consider death and life an elemental? Ooh. No. Um, or, or chaos I, if, in law. Well, if if I were to tie uh, life and death to an elemental plane, it would be the positive and negative material planes. Okay. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you could, <clears throat> as a DM, excuse me, you could just bust out a death elemental. Sure. And, you know, again, you give it, 
some kind of an amorphous form with the black clouds and you know it's a trope of you know this whole black clouded amorphous wiggly you know uh, free floating thing mm -hmm. and now you have a death elemental where you can take it anywhere because it actually transcends all of the other elements right. just like life it all of the other elementals they have life they have death so those can actually sit atop your little pantheon if you want but i'm, I'm digressing um we go back to the prince of evil fire creatures who is imix yep and he's jammed himself right there in the middle ogremosh who is the prince of evil earth creatures Ol Hydra, Hydra, which is the princess of evil water creatures. Sorry. <laughs> and Yansi Bin, who is the prince of the evil air creatures. And I'm, I'm noticing a different Asian flavor on the air elementals. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Absolutely, um, in, their, in their names. You're right. And now, these are the three of the uncertain alignment. And these are back from the Manual of Planes in 87, the original one. Um, oh, okay. And those are on what page? Um, I don't know. I have no idea what page they're on. I'm right okay. now. I'm, I I collected all of these into one spot so I can read them for the show. Um, so, but it was in '87 in the original Manual of the Planes. Only their names and planes are given. Nothing else. So these are up for grabs for a DM to use and just do whatever you want with. There's Bwim, B W I M B Bwim, who is the Prince of Ooze Creatures. Hmm. Schlimbia, prince of the magma creatures, who obviously doesn't work into the fire somehow. Magma. Oh, they're oh, oh, magma. They're, yes, so they're tied to the para elemental planes. Okay. Yeah, they, these are the uncertain alignments, and then gotcha. there's a cock. <laughs> e, every, settle down. What? E h e h k a h k. He is the prince of smoke creatures again <laughs> so you can have a smoking a cock in your game but now it's <laughs> terrible it is terrible like they just phone these names and they're like you know what man we need three of you guys we're just good oh screw it just put these names in yeah um, yeah probably not some of their best work no <laughs> Um, that was that 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 was done where somebody had a few beers, yeah. <laughs> or or maybe they were visiting the plane of smoke at that point. Mm -hmm. um, mm, indeed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so basically, those are the guys who are on the top of the top of the food chain on all these. Um, you want to use these in the game? I would use it sparingly because I don't suppose these all deal with mortals all that easily um so but they are a good way um maybe you have your temples and your churches it's a good way to get your players involved in it um, Ah, okay I you can use them as that. a mention you mention them um not to say you're ever going to meet them but you mention them use them as the as the hook to draw them in um or you have somebody who another npc who is a follower or who is searching for or better yet i think uh, just top of the head you think of a, a thief you have to send a thief into the city of brass to steal something from in there so now automatically you're screwed because if you get caught you're done so now your whole game is based on do we do an oceans 11 thing where we all go in there shiny and happy smiling with our tuxes on 
and try <laughs> to steal it that way? Or do we try to go backdoor? And, yeah. you know, so now these are all things that when you're high enough level, great. You can really just go to town because the city of brass, like you said, that book, super detailed. It'll get you in and out of that city any way you want to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, those, those are the things I feel like, uh, it just, it's kind of an endless resource as far as that goes. Yeah, because, I can, I, yeah, I think I kind of see where you're going with like, with the, uh, like the, uh, evil, uh, for the uh, evil princes of the, uh, or the evil elemental princes. Yeah. Like, if you look like at it. For, for plot hooks, I could see how you could do that. Like, maybe there is a, a cult that's dedicated to IMIX. Mm-hmm. And that's how your campaign's starting. It could be just like a little faction that's near a town, and they are, you know, stealing people and sacrificing them to IMIX. And your party has to go and find out where this cult is is hiding out. Maybe even some people in the town are part of the cult. So you can kind of tweak it that way. And that could lead you up to that campaign that might lead you all the way up to the City of Brass or something like that. So, yeah, that's a pretty cool way of, like, tying that in together. Well, if you look at it, like, all of these guys, all of these, uh, the Archimentals, mm-hmm. um, uh, the, way I, the way I'm envisioning them, if your players are high enough level to get over there, um, they're dealing with lower levels demigods or they're, they're dealing with those sort of things. You know, if they're, if they're plane jumping and they're not in Planescape, these guys are high level enough where they're dealing with some decent outer plane, inner plane stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So to me, these elementals seem like, uh, and, and no, you know, I see them as like the, the warlords, the Kenyan warlords who put sure. themselves into power. You know, they're I not, see. they're not the government, but they damn well can take it. Yeah. They're, you know, they, well, I guess it's kind of like built into their name, the archimental They're They're the archetype. They're the they're the almost you could I guess you call it they're the primordial source in a way of that plane and they're they're the maybe like the embodiment of that plane you know yeah, I, even tied like in that way these guys can they can actually I think it was um, I'm just I want to double check before I actually quote something um, I believe it was stated that in the original. That they were they were able to go toe to toe with the outer lower level deities, mm-hmm. and that's why they they put themselves in those positions. Sure, Be- yeah, because they simply were you know they were able to. Mm-hmm. So okay, they, that they had that power. Sense. Yeah, they had the power, so they basically said, "Well, we're the strongest. We're in charge. Everybody sure. else, you know, piss up a rope." Yeah, in fact, I think I uh, have it. It's even in that City of Brass book. The besides the Blood Cult, the largest um, re- the largest religion is devoted to Imix, the Prince of Evil Fire Creatures. He has the most temples uh, around in the City of Brass. Mm-hmm. So he, he's, in all intents and purposes, he's a lesser god. You know, so you might even want to even. They have if he has worshippers and he grants them abilities, you can even tie that into the deities and demigods book, and how you know 
well, if he's a lesser god, he has these abilities. So, yeah, they're not just pushovers, you know. Yeah. No, these, have... these guys were put in these positions. Well, they weren't put. They they took these positions. Yeah. And now, you know, getting them out is going to be damn near impossible. It's going to it's like unseating a deity without it being a deity because, you know, yeah. these so Well, they might be deities in their own right, you know. Well, again, anybody can be worshipped and, you know, by a cult or whatever else. But mm-hmm. the fact is these guys aren't any these guys aren't Jim Jones. These guys have some power. Right. You know, they right. have they have backup for this. They can back right. up anything, any kind of crap they talk, they can throw it. So it's right. it's good. They I guess I get this it depends as a DM how you want to play. Do you want to play them like they're actually gods, but lesser gods or demigods? Or do you want to play them as just they're very strong uh forces elemental forces in the plane and they have a position of power there i guess it's a there's a couple well, of ways you can look at it also as a dm if you want to if you want to take these and if you don't want like i know some people get very um they get very wary about bringing deities and gods into their games yeah, and having well, players in, yeah you have yeah. players interact with gods all the time and now it's not special anymore right these these guys are probably petty enough where you can have them introduced to the characters and make them something, you know, these guys are just, and the fact of the matter is the, the players are the ones coming to their plane. Right. So it's not like they're going out looking for trouble. They right. just happen to have a little bit of a hard on now for the players because now they can and they're petty and they're not gods. These are just right. really, really, really powerful elementals. Yes. So these guys are the perfect high-level thorn in the side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that thorn can basically just rip you in half. Sure. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> just looking at all their regular abilities that they have, I'm looking at the Fiend Folio. So, yeah, they're they're not to be trifled with. I mean, they can detect invisible dispel magic at 20th level. <laughs> Infravision once a day, no alignment, suggestion for 12 hours teleport with no error so it's not yeah. like uh, you know they're just just a really strong uh elemental of their type no they have some other special abilities too so yeah and I guess, like so... i'm looking at Crownax here mm-hmm. he can summon one of the following groups once per day one to four white dragons one to four frost giants or one to six yeti yeah yeah you just summon them hey come on <laughs> You know, it's no big deal. I think Imix can probably do some of the similar. Yeah, he can summon either one to three Efreet, Fire Elementals, or Salamanders. He can do that uh, one, I guess, I guess once a day. So, yeah, each one can summon other elemental type creatures that help yeah, them you, out. I was gonna say you could. They could basically summon some of the scarier crap from the monster manual. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know, pretty much. They're an so, adventure in and among themselves if they choose to be. Yeah, I guess you can. And if these elemental princes and princesses, particularly the evil ones, get wind of these meddling people from the prime material plane, you know, they might have have some of these other creatures come involved. Maybe even some of the good ones, like you mentioned, too, might want to somehow... Uh, help out the player characters 
you know, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a, and they're using the player characters maybe as pawns and some other schemes going on. You never know. Yeah. Uh, you know, or they, you know, they use, uh, uh, I'm trying to, a dignitary. They use, uh, maybe they use a mortal, a mortal who is a worshiper of them. They use that mortal as the go-between between them and the players. So sure. now, yeah. I need you to do this for me. I need you to do that for me. I'll pay you handsomely. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, they're helping IMAX. Uh, and I, you know what? I keep villainizing IMAX. We're, we're making him the bad guy, the big bad guy today. So you have that where it's a it's a, a bait and switch, mm -hmm. you know, because IMAX isn't always, you know, he's not on this plane. So that's how he gets them to come to that plane with something they need and something he can't get, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's so many avenues you can go with it. With the elemental lord, uh, the archimentals, yeah. uh, and the archimentals, just just simply because the, it lends itself to an overarching villain in the background pulling the strings or you know going after the players. And I guess in a way that also play goes into with high level campaigns where it falls into things like politics and yeah. and you know the the machinations of the what goes on in the court in this particular place in the elemental planes and what happens there. Get ready ready for this? Here you go. Mm. You have the high enough level game. You basically run a Game of Thrones game with elemental lords. Oh my gosh, that would be so cool. Right? Yeah, and now you <laughs> do, yeah, you just this whole thing is set up to you know have the politics and you got you, you may never have to raise a sword. Because your mm -hmm. whole game is a political game of yeah. intrigue amongst elementals who you have no business being around. Right, right. But now you're in the middle of their their and, crap. And then you can use and a, a good center for that to happen is, like I said, the city of Brass, where all those type of planes have some sort of representation there. And they're all trying to vie for control in the city of Brass in one form or another. Yep. Or it could be someplace else entirely. Oh, man, that's such a great idea. That's right. <laughs> and I, I bequeath that to all of you I, because yeah. I love you all. So now let's move on to our final segment. <laughs> yes. Because I will, end, I will end that on a high note right there. There you go. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> all right. Now let's go right into our final segment of the night. You have opened the treasure chest. You may choose an item. So our final segment is the treasure chest, as you heard. So we're going to reach into the treasure chest and Ooh, see what yeah. we can pull out of that treasure chest mm, for treasure today. Chest. <laughs> Does it squeak? Uh, Whoa. Geez. We oiled it. We yeah. oiled that chest. There's no squeak in that chest. <laughs> no squeak in that chest. I mean squeak in that chest. Squeak. No squeak. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so we're going to pull out one of the... It's it's from the, To the City of Brass by Robert Koontz. Koontz. <laughs> is there an echo in here? I just want... <laughs> it's perfect for adventuring in the elements. It's called the Ring of Elemental Form. And this one's just for fire because it's going to go for the City of Brass. So as described, um, this is a perfect item that you could probably... Use for a campaign or at least steal the idea for a campaign, I would think, because I could think of many possibilities to do with this. But when I don't know if you were just here when I, I, uh, I said do a whole campaign like Game of Thrones, right? Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard it. That's pretty good, one, right? I that is good. Yeah. See, Nick liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I'm but gonna steal that. We don't care. Anyway, wow. hey, 
when worn on the right hand, and I, I questioned this before when I read it to you guys, why is it only the right hand? Yeah. What happens if it's on what? your left hand? That's very descriptive yes. for a ring, so. You going to say, Sal? Huh? What did you say? No, I was good. All right. I just think that's very descriptive for a ring. It just particular hand. Yeah. Because it doesn't no, I, say what happens when it goes on the left hand, does it? I assume it doesn't work. Mm, I guess so. Or, 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 you could take that and make it that it works the opposite. Ooh. So you or become just blah. screws you worse somehow. Well, that's not mm. a bad idea. So what's got what's its abilities? <clears throat> I'm getting there. It confers <laughs> upon the wearer the following attributes and powers. You get an armor class of two, and no other adjustments are added in, so it doesn't matter what your dexterity is or your armor class already. Just It automatically goes to two. Mm-hmm. It gives you the ability of sustenance, just as the, as the ring would be. And it gives you the following. Plus two to all saving throws. Minus Ooh. one per four points of fire damage dealt. Negative one to hit character with fire-based attacks, which is really good. Besides yeah. conferring the above listed powers, when worn on the right hand, again, the right hand only, mm-hmm. the character is transformed into a limited free form of freed. Interesting. <laughs> Here she has the strength of one of these creatures, so it's a 20. You'd be a 20 strength if you didn't have that. And you wow. can pass among them freely, basically without being seen as something different. Um, you also have the ability to speak and understand the Afridi language. However... The usage is limited to three times a day consecutive, but once a month only you can do this. Mm. Okay. Not for nothing, though. That's still pretty badass. Yeah, That's still yeah. pretty badass, yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking, now, Echo. the armor class 2, would that override cl- rings and cloaks of protection as well? It says nothing else would... Nothing else, ma- <clears throat> nothing else matters. Okay, like James so- Hetfield would say, nothing else matters. I was just, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I stole it. You got that. You you got okay. It. I'm the Metallica fan I of this can, podcast. Man, talk about a, the perfect magic item for a magic user. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I'm picturing it. Mage, automatically, armor class two, and you can do all that other stuff. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even a thief. That would be a good, I think that would be a good, um, magic item for a thief too well yeah but yeah I don't know I mean if unless you're going to the elemental plane of fire I really don't see a purpose of this ring um yeah well uh, yeah I was because now my, my initial thought I'm like okay give that to an assassin to assassinate one of the you know one of the opposite lords you know one of the opposite uh, elementals I mean, mm-hmm. I, I guess you can become an Afridi, uh, sorry, an Afrit, just for the day to go, you know, annoy people and kill people mm-hmm. if you wanted to, but okay. Now, well, okay, uh, I was going to say now. Abilities, what? Do these abilities only works on the elemental plane of fire, or is it, or is it can be used that way anywhere? Well, it says if it's worn, it works, so it can be okay. worn and work anywhere. I mean, I don't see any other thing else in the description saying... Oh, it says warning only works in the elemental plane of fire. I don't see a problem with this magic item. Uh, armor class of two, you can turn into an Afrit once a day. What's not the like? <laughs> Scare the crap out of your family. Uh, well, if you're facing down some other big baddie, turning into a to a lesser Afrit could be uh, definitely an advantage. So, yeah. 
get those fire attacks. You know, if you're taking on, I don't know, a so white dragon, just throwing that out there. The usage is three consecutive times, but once a month. So that means if you use it once, and then you do whatever you do, and then you don't use it twice more, you can't use it for another month. Mm -hmm. So you got to use it. If you use it once, you better use it all three times that month. That day. Or that day. Yeah. Okay. From what I'm reading, this it's is, three times sounds like, once, a, once a month. Okay. Now, it imbues armor class two no matter what. It's just the special abilities you got. Yeah. You have three times. Okay. That sounds like something I would use in case you're going up against the big bad guy. You know? Mm. When you know you're going up the, against the big baddie, that's when you start using that ring. Yeah, but... Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. But think that about be... it for one second. Okay, so... Going to the elemental plane of fire, what level would you say you would be? Mm, name level of your class. Okay, your name level. What would your armor class probably be an average of? Negative something. Yeah, negative something. Yeah. What would your strength most likely be if you were a fighter and or maybe a cleric? Well, yeah. I'd be probably augmented with magic at least a 19 or a 20. What, what would you, and your saving, throws, saving throws would probably be better off without the ring. Possibly, yeah. So this is one of those things where, again, this would be amazing for a low-level group, but yes. then for them to get it, they would probably have to go to this high-level place to get it. Yeah. Well, it could be an item that's on the regular prime, uh, prime material plane. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of thinking. And maybe the big bad is questing for this because he wants to go to the plane of fire to find something. Maybe it was, uh, in, maybe it was given to one of his, like, well, just kind of like a part of a uh, plot hook I guess would be maybe it, it was given to a high level priest of a uh, the uh, of IMEX just throwing that out there I know we're IMEX? focusing on the f- you know, IMEX oh, yeah IMEX. the uh, the leader of the Elm, uh, evil fire elementals yes maybe he gave that to <laughs> one of his his highest priest his highest cleric I thought you said IMEX and <laughs> IMAX, yes. I was like, Don Imus is in this? Sh- he's a hard Don Imus, yes. He's the evil elemental of, of broadcasters. This is Don Imus listening to the fan. <laughs> yes, yes. I was talking to my gentsters here. Cowboy hat. Yeah, let me make fun of my cowboy hat, Sal. Yeah. But, um, yeah, maybe he has given that to his uh, highest uh, cleric on the prime material plane, and that's mm-hmm. that's his special gift to him. So, or, or you, you totally make it a mundane thing for them. Oh, okay. like somebody gave it literally as as a gift or a wedding ring or, you know, something dopey that mm-hmm. they got it. Now the the players who have this will be like, oh my god, I have this giant ring, and somebody's like, yeah, I, I that's a gift. I gave that to my daughter, or I gave this to this person for their birthday, or something really inane and dopey. Yeah. Because honestly, like like Vince is saying, you know, if you're that high level, that ring is kind of crap. That that yeah. ring would be a gray in an MMO. Like it's just kind of like, oh, cool, well, green. I mean, out. the only positive benefit I could see is changing your form to look like one, and you can blend in. That's the only thing that that be the advantage right there. Yeah, if you needed that sort of thing, absolutely. Yeah. Everything else on there is just pretty much meh. Yeah. I mean, you're sure it's good to have that minus the one minus four hit point thing, but well, yeah, actually, it, that would be that would be actually a great a great uh, adventure in and of itself. You have to put the ring on, which weakens you in order to blend in. Ooh. Oh. You have to take the form of an afreet 
to go and work through this whole situation. Now you're weakened. Plot twist. Yeah, yeah. Plot twist. That's just crazy. Stop it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, well, so uh, let us know what you think. RFI Do they staff. have fire goblins? Yes, they could. Tell us what you think, RFI staff at gmail.com. <laughs> 570-865-4210 is the hotline. Give us your opinion, and um, we'll take something of something of something. Yeah. Well, give us your opinion, and we'll do something listen. with it. We'll do, do it, something yeah. with it, and we'll make sure, you know, Sal reads it. or Wait, Sal, <laughs> if Sal's still around, of course. Did what? What did he do to it? Because, you know, we have to have host of the month, so. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a revolving door. <laughs> the, the fourth chair is a revolving door chair. So. Revolving. Yes. It's an ejecting chair. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like the drummer from Spinal Tap, like I've said in the past. Burst into flames. Well, I'm going to go uh, finish mixing this nitroglycerin, guys. I'll be back. Great. There goes Sal. So we're looking for a new fourth chair. <laughs> if you'd like to apply. <laughs> good. All right, so we're going to say keep it original, keep it old school, and good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Bye. Podcast is a production of Wild Games Productions in association with d20radio.com. You can visit us at rfipodcast.com or contact us on our forums at osrgaming.org or even by calling us at 570-865-4210. This podcast is produced for entertainment purposes only. All other uses are prohibited. And remember, if your magic missile spell doesn't automatically hit, you're playing the wrong edition. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Roll for Initiative. Thank you.